my friends. Welcome to Worship at Carmen United Church for this May 24th of 2020. I am Reverend Nick Phillips, the pastor here of this church, and I welcome you to worship with us this day. Let us pray. Lord, every day with you is a special day. I thank you, God, for your presence among us as we gather from our homes to worship you. From wherever we are right now, your Holy Spirit extends your love and grace to each and every one who comes to worship you. We thank you, Lord, for this time of worship. May you bless us this day. Amen. Today I'm going to share with you from two scripture readings. The first is our continuing journey through the teaching of the Sermon on the Mount from Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. We pick up today in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 24. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Our second reading today is the prescribed reading for this particular Sunday in the calendar. And it comes from Luke chapter 24, verses 44 to 53. It says, Then Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. If you, you are witnesses of these things, and see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised, so stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him. And they return, and re, and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, blessing God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. 
Lord, as we gather ourselves, as we center ourselves on your word, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Now, there is a reason I decided to tag on that extra reading from Luke to our message, to our service for today. This, even though we are continuing to walk through the Sermon on the Mount from the Gospel of Matthew, we picked up that reading from Luke because this is Ascension Sunday. Now, Ascension Day was actually back on last Thursday, but we don't do church on Thursdays, as many churches do not. And so the celebration for many churches is moved to this Sunday, Ascension Sunday. Now, I know I haven't paid a lot of attention to the ascension over the last few years. But I think in the midst of a global pandemic, this is something we might want to consider for this year. I had a conversation with some United Church colleagues earlier in the week, and it convinced me that it is important, at least this year, to focus on the ascension. And maybe we could even look at it in further years. But first, what is the ascension? Well, we read about it in Luke 24. This is the last meeting between Jesus and his disciples. And as we read through those verses, there were two, I believe, major events that happened. One is a little more subtle. We often miss it because we tend to focus on the second thing that happens. So that first thing that happened the one that we gloss over so often is, is in verse 45. It says Jesus opened their minds to understand the Scripture. He opened their minds. He cleared away all that fog that was clouding their brains from fully understanding what they have been witnessing over the last three years as they walked with Jesus. And now it says they understand. Now, when you think about it, this is actually a pretty remarkable moment in the lives of the disciples. I mean, think about all they have seen over the last three years. I mean, they've seen people healed. They've seen people brought back to life. They've heard some pretty amazing teaching like the Sermon on the Mount. They've seen their friend, their teacher, their, their, their mentor. They saw him die a horribly brutal death, only to walk out of the grave three days later. They have seen some pretty amazing things. But I wonder if this moment in verse 45 was maybe not the most profound event in their lives. I mean, just, it would have been just life-changing. Because they understand. They understand it. It's like all the pieces of the puzzle are, are, have been put together and they can see now. Everything they knew from Scripture was put into the perspective of what they have seen in Jesus over the last three years. And they understand. What, what a moment that must have been. I don't know if in that moment, all of a sudden, they had hundreds and thousands of more questions they wanted to ask, or they just stood there dumbfounded. That how, how have we not seen this before? But then, Jesus takes them out to the countryside, 
and he blesses them. And after he blesses them, he withdraws and he ascends to heaven. He ascends, thus giving us ascension day. This, when you think about it, is probably a pretty significant event in the church, that Jesus ascends to heaven. When you think about it, 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 it closes a circle. It nearly completes everything that Jesus has come to do. He has come from God. He has repeatedly said he's going to go back to God, and, and now he has gone back to God. He has done it. There's only one, le- one thing left that he has to fulfill. And we'll talk about that next week when the Holy Spirit comes. Now that conversation I alluded to earlier, the one that prompted me to talk about the ascension today, was with some, with some very smart United Church colleagues from right across the country. And that conversation was centered on the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, we've all heard the, the, the words, Jesus is Lord. Uh, we sing songs about it. We, we use those words in church. We use them in our prayers. These words are not unfamiliar to us. But what does it mean to say, to claim, Jesus is Lord? I think Jesus helps us out a bit in our passage from the Sermon on the Mount that we looked at today in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. That's verses uh, 19 and 20 of Matthew 6. Now, This is continuing to build upon what we looked at last week, where Jesus was challenging the status quo of society. Last week, he challenged our natural desire to be recognized, to be noticed, to feel important. This week, he challenges our natural inclinations for wealth and prosperity. Now, for me, when I look at this pandemic, what it has pointed out probably more than anything else, at least in my eyes, is society's thirst for riches. I mean, we see it now. Cities, provinces, states, countries are under an an enormous amount of pressure to reopen the economy. And why do we need to reopen the economy? So people can make money. In particular, so rich people can make money. Yes, I know it is... Uh, terrible that local small businesses are struggling to make ends meet throughout this pandemic, and it breaks my heart. And I'm doing my best to try to support them as much as I can. But when you look at someone like Jeff Bezos, and if you don't know this, he is the owner of Amazon. And Jeff Bezos is about to become the world's first trillionaire. Trillionaire, a one with 12 zeros behind it. He is one who has made billions of dollars over the last two months during this pandemic as people move their shopping to be more online. 
And while we're shopping more online, that means his warehouse workers are working all the more harder in these risky environments in, 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 in a time of pandemic for minimum wage. So when I see him and other millionaires and billionaires so in favor of reopening our company so that they can uh, reopen their companies, it's hard for me to get excited about the reopening of the economy. These millionaires, billionaires, they're not the ones risking their lives by going back to work. I mean, they're in their ivory towers. They're in their offices high in the sky. It's the people who are at the bottom of their company, those on the front lines who are most at risk. Now, when I think about the pandemic, I, I don't know about you, but I'm somewhat enjoying this simpler life. Now, it's not ideal, that's for sure. I mean, the social distancing thing, not be able to be close to people that you love, your friends, your family. I mean, not to be able to be close to you in this church. There are most certainly downfalls, no question. But I'm hoping that when we come out of this, whenever that will be, that we realize what is truly important in our lives. That it's not about the treasures we build up on earth. It's not about wealth. It's not about social status. It's about life together and even life with God. I see the lordship of Jesus as something quite important. Putting our trust in God is important. It is the Christian claim that Jesus is Lord which makes the church stand out from every other religion, every other organization that exists in this world. Now, yes, when you look at the work that we do, when you look at the work of charities and other churches and, and other religions, yes, there is an overlap. There are things that the church does that other things do and vice versa. But for us as Christians, our purpose is to stand on the claim that we do this in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he is Lord. He leads and guides everything we do if we allow him to be Lord of our life. Now Jesus says in our passage from Matthew that the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, they let light in and your body will be full of light. But if your eyes, they're not healthy, they cloud out the light and your body begins to be filled with darkness. Now this is obviously not what we want. If we can't see Jesus because he is the light, if we can't see Jesus, then our body fills with darkness. That is, it fills with the desires of this world. Riches, fame. But if we see Jesus, if we see Jesus and he is Lord of our life, then our bodies fill with heavenly things. They fill with light. Jesus tells us plainly in our passage today that we must choose who we serve. Do we serve God or do we serve money? We cannot possibly serve both because they are intrinsically at odds with each other. Those millionaires who are seeking to reopening, reopen their factories and their warehouses, they want their products into the hands of consumers. They are serving money. And by doing so, they're putting a whole lot of people at risk of contracting COVID-19 and possibly even dying. Now, what would God like to see? 
God wants us to care for the weak. He wants us to care for the vulnerable. All those in our communities, they exist. God wants us to love our neighbors. God wants us to share his great love that he shares with us. Can this happen while we're seeking to increase our bank accounts as quickly and as full as possible? I say no. That's not what it's about. When I moved here, nearly 11 years ago, believe it or not, I had a meeting in one of the local churches. And I walked into the meeting, and just as I was going into the church, one of the members of that congregation was on his way out. And we chatted for a few moments. But he said, he said I'm sorry, I need to run. I have a meeting with my financial advisor, and I need to convince him that when I die, there's not a cent left to my body. Now, I've since come to learn that that family is somewhat well off. They're living comfortably, but they realize what their wealth has given them, that it's given them an, an incredible gift to be generous to the benefit of God's mission in the world. So that's what they do. So yes, there are Christians who exist in this world with, with plenty of money, many who have more than this family. But because they are Christians, they use their wealth to serve the Lord not to build up treasures on earth. To use what Jesus was saying, they, they are building up their treasures in heaven. They have chosen to not serve their wealth, but to instead to serve the Lord. Jesus is Lord. Now God has created everything in this universe. He's put it into motion. Jesus is his son. Scripture tells us that Jesus was there in the beginning and Jesus will still be there in the final moments at the end. And when we look at our reading from Luke today, when we consider the ascension, his floating up to heaven, that's a challenge for us to consider. It's a challenge because our brains can't comprehend it. Science cannot explain it. Yet there it is. It's, 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 it's in the Bible. It's the same with Peter walking on water. It's it's the same with Lazarus walking out of the tomb. Science can't explain those. But God is above science because he created science. Now, yes, science is important. Science helps us explain many, many things about this world. And we're going to need science if we're going to beat COVID-19. But God is not constrained by science. Because he created it. Jesus is Lord. To say that is more than just to say a cliche. By saying it, it means it is a way of life. It means we daily seek to reflect in our actions what it means to be a child of God. If Jesus is not Lord, then what's the point? Why even bother having churches? If we cannot accept Jesus as Lord, then I'm not truly sure we can call ourselves Christians. It makes it really hard to follow him because he teaches some pretty tough stuff. So saying Jesus is Lord is acknowledging that God knows better than we do. Saying Jesus is Lord means we're submitting to a greater authority than anything else we can find in this world. 
Saying Jesus is Lord means I have pledged my allegiance to God and his plans for my life. This line of thinking is a huge shift for many of us. It's, it's, it's incredibly challenging for us to even consider. And by considering it, though, it should also encourage us to carefully examine who is truly Lord of our life. If it's not Jesus, then who is it? If it's not Jesus, who or what is it? My friends, when you look at the life of Jesus, he fulfilled every promise he made. He fulfilled the promises of the Old Testament. He brought hope and life to many people who encountered him on this earth. And he has gone back to his Father. He has returned to his Heavenly Father and our Heavenly Father, just as he said he would. Now, when he got there, there was something else he said he was going to do. And we can find that in the Gospel of John. He says he was going to go and build a home, a place for everyone who follows him. So right now, Jesus is with God, building your treasure in heaven right now when you know in your life that Jesus is Lord. Who today is Lord of your life? I think it's good for us to reflect on this today, this ascension day when Jesus returns to the Father. Because it reminds us that what started on Christmas did not end on Easter, right? Jesus was born on Christmas Day. He lived his life. He died on Good Friday. He walked out of the grave on Easter morning and continued and continues today. His impact is still felt today. He has ascended to his Father and our Father in heaven and his work, his life, it continues. Think about it maybe like, uh, like, like a really great movie that you're watching that kind of ends suddenly, leaving this great cliffhanger, just wanting you to have more, letting you know through this teaser that the story is not over, there's still more to come. When we look at the life of Jesus, that story is us. Jesus is Lord of all. He's Lord of the church. He's Lord of my life, and I pray that he is Lord of yours. The story is not over. Open your heart to the love of God found in Jesus Christ today and let him lead you through your part of the ongoing story of Jesus Christ today and every day. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let's just take a moment now. Would you please join me in a time of prayer? Let us pray. Lord of my life, you reign. A beautiful song of praise comes to my mind this day. Lord of my life, you reign. Lord God, may your Son, Jesus Christ, be the Lord of our lives today. May we know the intimacy you wish to have with us. Your lordship, O God, does not make us slaves, but makes us your children who are deeply loved by you. We thank you for your love, your grace, 
in our lives. We thank you for your blessings. We, we thank you for your guidance and your teaching. We thank you for all that you have, all that we have, and for all that you have shared with us. Lord, we also come today carrying burdens in our hearts. Lord, we must admit that we are tired of praying for tragedies. And again today, we mourn the loss of another young woman, a young woman who died tragically last week. And so we pray for Captain Jen Casey and her, and her family, O oh Lord. We pray for the pilot, Captain Richard McDougall, and his recovery, O oh Lord. We pray for the Canadian Armed Forces as they mourn yet another loss of a member of their family. We pray for our province as we are touched once again by unexpected pain and loss. O oh Lord, hear our prayer and in your mercy answer. Lord, as we see restrictions begin to ease in our province and in our country, Lord, we pray for protection and healing of all from COVID-19. Lord, may we continue to self-distance from others. May we, respect, may we respect the space and health of those around us. May we be patient as we wait for a vaccine and effective treatment for this virus, Lord. We, we know there are huge risks involved with reopening. And we want no more people to suffer and die. So, Lord, we pray for patience, kindness, and love to prevail in these days. O oh Lord, hear our prayer, and in your mercy, answer. O oh Lord, we pray today for our church family. We pray for our building. We pray for our ministry. We pray for all who call this place their spiritual home. We know, O oh Lord, that it will be quite some time before things seem to be normal again. If they ever are to return to normal, we know. So we pray for our future. We have no idea what church will look like in six months or a year or two years or beyond but we feel it will be different. We know, God, that you know the way forward. We know you can use these events to do great and wonderful things. And so we pray today to Jesus our Lord that you will lead us and show us how we are to worship and serve you. O oh Lord, hear our prayer and in your mercy answer. Lord, we pray also today for those who are sick and alone in these days. Each of us praying today has a list of names in our hearts of people we know, people who we love, who are in need of your presence. Lord, we pray for their healing. We pray for their comfort in the name of Jesus Christ. May you bring your peace and your love Near, the, near to all of them today. Lord, hear our prayer, and in your mercy, answer. Lord, we turn all of our prayers to you, for ourselves, our loved ones, our church, our country, 
and this entire world. We take all of these prayers and we offer them to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, the one who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. My friends, I thank you for joining me today. May you know the presence of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in your life today and every day. May he make himself known as Lord of your life. So let us go forth from this day in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God in each and every one of us, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to Be Still and Know, a ministry of Carmen United Church in Sydney Mines. To learn more about our ministry, please visit our website, www.carmenunited.ca. May God bless you this day.